makes it a two-point game. There's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luka. Deep three. Oh! Luka Magic! Hello and welcome to the 77 Minutes in Heaven podcast. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as I am every week by my co-host, Tim Cato, our athletic beat reporter for the Dallas Mavericks. Tim, the Mavs had a pretty good run. It was good. It was it was a run and uh, I, uh, they should be proud of it. You know, it was it was mm-hmm. a I, I think that the team got what they wanted out of a first round series against the Clippers that it checked the right boxes, you know, of course they would have preferred to have won. And I think that they might've had an outside chance to do that. If without Porzingis and without the oddities that, that we all know happened in that series, um, if it had been another team, maybe they would, you know, maybe we would be talking about, you know, previewing a series that was about to happen, you know, a second round series that the Mavericks are in, but if you think about what the Mavericks wanted from a postseason, you know, the experience, the challenge, you know, a an iconic moment. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they had to have that, but they got one. And that's that's, you know, to get Luca hitting that game winner in game four. Um, you know, that's important. That matters. That that's that that is a a moment that will live with people. So, you know, I, I think that Dallas can go home pleased happy and and mostly because this team is only getting better only on the rise only potentially as soon as next year you know finishing top four in the western conference for for as amazing as amazing as luca was during the season i mean this guy was you know a fringe mvp candidate for most of the year uh, about carried fifth. them to about fifth yeah carried them to a record I didn't expect them to, to reach. I, I didn't think that they were going to be a playoff team this year. I, I assumed there would be, you know, it would be a much bumpier road for them, especially not knowing what you were getting out of Kristaps coming back from the injury. Um, pretty incredible what he was able to do and to then come away with signature playoff moments in only his second season is really incredible. Uh, Tim, you got a new article up at The Athletic where you kind of you know, you lay out the future. What does it look like? How how do the Mavericks take the next step? And I thought it would be a good thing for us to talk about because that's kind of where we are. We're we're looking ahead. We're looking what's the next step for this team. And the first thing you mentioned, and, and this would be the first thing that comes to mind for me, is they have got to figure out how to keep Kristaps healthy and effective. Because those are two different things. Healthy and effective at the same time. You don't want to limit what he does, but you need him on the court. And, you know, obviously that was a huge difference in the series with and without him. I'm just still thinking about how you revealed yourself to be a hater. You've you've kept it hidden on this podcast the entire time, and now you reveal you didn't even think they'd make the playoffs? Wow. How's that being a hater? I'm a, I'm a realist. Mm, mm. Those are two different separate things, as, as you might say. Um, both can be true. <laughs> I think I think Porzingis the the Porzingis health thing is is you know if if you're going to go into the future planning on this two star the star duo the star pairing and if if you aren't able to get a third star uh, this off season 
you know, you have to go into the season, you know, just maximizing what Porzingis allows you to do. And I don't think they, you know, I think actually the biggest argument for a third star is in Porzingis' health. But Mm -hmm. if, if you can come up with a reasonable, reasonable, rational plan for Chris Stapps to play, you know, 60 games every regular season, never anymore. And, and if, if that would help, the thing is I, so I've brought this up idea up a few times and I actually don't know whether limiting him in the regular season would matter. Um, I, I, I would like to later this off season, talk to doctors and talk to people, you know, who are, who do have a better idea of how you can go about, you know, just, just maximizing a player's health. Um, well, I don't know how it, much more you can minimize like the, his minutes or games played. They, they really did treat, I thought treat him with kids gloves this year, but there's the very real, you know, reality that, he was coming back from an injury. So, you know, you're a little bit more likely to have other injuries as you're as you're working your way back. I mean, yeah. it's just and pretty I, common knowledge. So and the hopefully this is just over, right? The, the meniscus is not that bad of an injury. It's it's a knee right. injury. It's it's obviously worse that he had it than than if he had not, but well the timing was awful. The timing was if it awful. Happened, and that's if it had the happened around issue. the all-star break, he would have been ready to go, you know, for the playoffs for sure. And, oh, and so that was the problem. He would have been back in March. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a weeks long injury, not a not a months long injury. It's it's not the most serious thing. And the fact that he was able to play on it for two more games before having to be shut down, you know, points to the fact that, you know, it's not that big of a deal but what we've also seen injury prone players where you know you go mm-hmm. through the grueling beating of a, of a regular season and once you know once you've been doing it for six eight months that's when your body starts breaking down which is the postseason which is the worst possible time um Chandler Parson actually comes to mind he got a uh, both of his injuries were uh poorly timed for you know right right when the right when the playoffs rolled around and so that's what you have to avoid. You have to find some way. You know, you, he he can be a player who suffers, you know, misses a month with various injuries. It, that's fine. You have to make sure, you know, you have to do everything within the team's power to make sure that when the postseason arrives, he's going to be refreshed and healthy. And sometimes, you know, it just won't matter. And, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Stepps had, a, what, four months off before this one? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe the circumstances actually hurt him. I, but maybe they helped him and, and he still suffered. I don't know. I mean, he, he, sure, he was playing basketball every other day, but there was no travel and mm-hmm. there was an extended rest period before. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is, except just hope things are better and hope he doesn't get injured. And, you know, a, a healthy Porzingis is good enough to be the second best player. You know, they, 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 this team does need more talent, and and that's I think mm-hmm. you know pretty much the the next couple steps that I get into. Uh, yeah, is, well, well, let's let's go ahead and move there because I think this is it ties into the Porzingis thing, and you know, Porzingis isn't the only guy on the basketball team, right? Like, it, there's more than just Luca no, and Kristaps. And, and I, I don't and know so, if you knew that, but it's just him. Yeah, yeah, it's, he's one on five, yeah. which is pretty incredible. It's surprising that he doesn't get hurt it, more it often. Does, but it does make sense why they ended up losing after he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So there's nobody left on the court. What they could use is some other guys to break out, and, and I think we saw that this season from Tim Hardaway Jr. He had a fantastic season. Was was for sure one of the ten best shooters, reliable shooters in the league this year. His defense was not bad, 
And I think that's what you kind of need. And they have guys on the roster that I think could potentially step up. I think Maxi can be better. We, we saw flashes of it. I mean, his shooting aside in the series against the Clippers, I thought Maxi defensively was, was totally adequate. Um, maybe a step down from where he is when he's guarding Zion, but I, I thought he did pretty good. Uh, you know, I think the, the big guy that needs to step up is Dorian Finney-Smith. There was a lot of record scratching from him, and I think that that hurt them offensively. They got to get him more confident taking shots that are that are closer contests. He he has no problem taking a wide open one. I'd like to see him take one when there's a, a defender closing out hard on him. He does. He does here and there. Not as not as much as he needs to. I, I don't know if there's. I, I, after watching Finney Smith three years in a row, I don't know if there's another leap left. I I would be impressed if he can take a further offensive leap. You know, I think his three point can get more. His three pointer can get mm-hmm. more consistent. For me, I I'm curious. Like I I get nervous anytime he puts the ball on the floor, and right. he can that's do. What, good, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, and he can do good things off the dribble in in a straight line. But but whenever he's yeah. taking, you know, if he's dribbling side to side, it's not good. You it's know? Danny Green esque, right? Right. I, but, I'm very and, confident. But he may when just Danny top Green out is launching. Sure. He may yeah. just top out as that type of player, and I think that's fine. You know, he did. He was the. I would imagine he was the the team's second leading minutes getter behind Luca, without yeah. having. Those I mean, he, he wasn't bad, but it's just you know the the guy the teams that are in championship contention just get a little bit more out of those role players. Well, so the idea and, is that you knock that's him. What you need you knock him one one slot down the hierarchy, and all of a sudden he looks a lot better, right? Well, yeah. If you could, if you can get a third star, it doesn't even then, have to be a third you know, star. It you don't need be, any more it growth. Could be, it doesn't have to be a third star. It could be Danny Green, a Danny Green like player. It, it could, could be, be Miles Turner. It could be. I don't know if I like that fit. Mm, I think Miles Turner would be amazing there. Twin Towers. Oh man, it would be really good. Yeah, but is that where and, they? And I don't know if that's where they your, need to go. Your next point, right? Acquire a more defensive-minded player, and man, Miles Turner would be fantastic. I don't think you can get him now. Is Miles Turner guarding fours? And Porzingis is guarding fives, uh, or vice versa. I think that I think that I don't want, you're going to. I don't have want Porzingis guarding fours. Be a pretty good defense. With uh, Miles Turner back there. They need wings. They need wings. Miles Turner taking seven threes a game would look amazing. I mean, yeah, that would be fun. That's the thing. When you have Luca and Kristaps, right. you can fit virtually any player you want into the team onto the roster because they're both that versatile dynamic unique all those all those good words i think that another wing defender is you know just crucial the fact mm-hmm. that maxi Klebo was was the main defender of Kawhi, you know i i think that he did an, an admirable job but ultimately like in your head is maxi Klebo the player you want guarding Kawhi. I don't think I don't think no, it is. No. I don't I don't don't yeah. think it is. So Well we, nobody's gonna stop Kawhi, but but sure. you need somebody who can at least like prevent him from killing you. Right. And that's the right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at with all this. So so yeah, I, I don't know. Are you they know, gonna it, bring back are they are they gonna bring back Trey Burke? I'm not sure. It depends on I feel like they should. I feel like they should unless they can find a better version of Trey Burke, which I'm not sure they can. Yeah. I feel like they need a Trey Burke-like player. Mm-hmm. And Mavericks fans are going 
to have a rosier picture of him based off, you know, the three games he lit it up and and forget that he was one of nine in game six or whatever right. it was. And that's the problem is that Trey Burke, when he's on, is is really good and a really good fit for the system. But he's too inconsistent to be relied on like a Seth Curry or a um you know another another guard like Jalen Brunson is is a player that I would expect a lot more from next season and I would the shoulder issue yeah right and I would imagine that Brunson plays over Burke and and should be playing over Burke most of the time now they can play Mm -hmm. together and and you know I think Burke is a solid player to have on this team again just having a quick twitch can beat his man defender and the best spacing that has ever existed in NBA history is valuable <laughs> so yeah. so yeah I, I think that more likely than not he is probably back but I wouldn't say it's a guarantee just because you know he had a few games where he was amazing just just in the sense that I think there are other players who you can who can duplicate what he did you know I, I think that his skill set is a not is not a unique skill set. It is a skill set that exists in the NBA, and it's a skill set that's accentuated by this system and by this team. And so, well, so yeah. Just like Jalen Brunson will be back, guys. Live sports are back and in full swing, and we're actually going to get a playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your nuggets are safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Tim, you know what I'm talking about. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. With the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, there are no snags. They actually just put out a Shears 2.0 nail kit, which I really enjoy. It's got some nice tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a, a nice nail file. So my nails are nice and not sharp. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which uh, I cannot sing their praises enough, and a travel bag so that, you know, you can take all this stuff with you when we're able to go places again. I was going to say, where are you traveling to? (laughs) That's, I mean, everywhere as soon as I can. The Perfect Package 3.0 also (laughs) comes with the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Folks, you need to deodorize your balls. And the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. Let's talk about these third stars that they could possibly get. I mean, the obvious one is the 2021 offseason. You just get Giannis and then rule the the world for the rest of the decade. Right. Something about that feels um, too easy. (laughs) That would be absolutely nuts. And I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Giannis is going to leave. And if he does leave, I think he's going to Toronto. But um, the fit there would be pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, it worked great. He, yeah, I think I think adding the best player in the league to a guy who 
you know, is like top five would probably work out pretty well. Right. Uh, you mentioned Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal obviously just signed an extension last year. Not in the greatest situation in in Washington as far as winning basketball, but they are going to take a look at what that team looks like. So I don't expect to see Beal move during the offseason. It'd be at next year's trade deadline at the earliest. Um, but Beal is a very interesting fit because one of the big issues for the Mavericks, aside from the defense, has been finding a guy who can act as that secondary playmaker for Luka. I mean, this is why their crunch time offense struggles so hard. It it was. And I think that there are less dramatic ways that you could solve that with a, you know, just a, another more reliable ball handler. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a chance at Bradley Beal, you should probably go get Bradley Beal. He's pretty good. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know if you've heard, but reports. No, good players are important. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 well known that that playing good at basketball is how you become a good basketball team. So getting Bradley Beal would be good. I just I just think that, you know, the, the the team does probably need to think about how do we get a better defense and Bradley Beal is is the type of player who will make you better because he's good, but you know, it's 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 a matter of, you know, how do you I, I mean what he what he really does is it gives you more expendability to to kind of give up on some of the offensive focused role players and replace them with defensive focused role players. So so you know, that's right. that's the that's the order of operations of how you know, Bradley Beal might not be the best defender, although Fred Katz will tell you when he's locked in, he might be the best defender he on the Wizards. Um, that was actually my favorite, um, you know, like parlor parlor game question. Who's the best defender on the Wizards? <laughs> and there's just like no answers. <laughs> it might be Isaac Banga today. It, yeah, it might be Which, now. I, I think when he asked yeah. before the season, I, it just it was a stumper. You know, it was it was like a was yeah. like a riddle that nobody could solve. Well, nobody knows because yeah. they've never they didn't play defense correct, for the whole season. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, so that's that's the that's the funny thing. Um, and and Fred will will tell you that Beal can actually focus in and lock in a little bit here and there when he wants to. We even saw Luca do that too. You know, maybe maybe. Oh, you know what? I think Luca showed that he is able to defend. I think so too. He did well against Kawhi. He did well against Marcus Morris. He he actually held his own. And and it's funny because he's he's constantly compared to James Harden, um, but I do think defensively they're very similar. Like we're seeing a different James Harden defensively as well this year. Uh, part of that is just being able to use his size effectively. Right. You know he he's a big body, and one of the things Kawhi is so effective at is being stronger than everyone else and using that strength to get open. He could not do that. As, as easily with Luca. I mean, he's clearly still stronger than Luca, but it was a, a little bit more of a struggle. I, I don't know if people at home watching Luca realize just how large this guy is. And so uh Luca, I thought, performed admirably. If if there's one thing I learned about him this series, it was that I think that he has a has a higher ceiling defensively than I thought. His, yeah. his problem is, and and we saw this throughout the series as well. He still has mental lapses. It's it's the classic superstar carrying mm-hmm. the offensive load problem where he will just turn off. And mm-hmm. he was doing that in the playoffs. What what he needs to develop is is a you know the the the, so the proverbial switch that he can flip. Mm-hmm. Where you know in a playoff series like this, he isn't lapsing mentally. He isn't well, losing also, people off the ball. He isn't jumping for unnecessary steals, which I saw him do half a dozen times in Game Six which was just 
infuriating. You know, every every you know, yeah. just as a basketball person, I'm just like, why are you reaching for the steal? You have no chance at causing your entire defense to rotate, causing right. an open three point shooter. Well, to hit in particular. Three. Without Kristaps, they didn't have anyone who could help erase mistakes, sure. and that's that's what you you kind of need. But I did I did think, and I, I wanted to say that publicly because I got on to him about some of those mental lapses and and the lack of effort, and you know they're fatigue induced, so I understand it. But it's just that it's the playoffs, right? And I'm sorry, but you're you just can't be tired in the fourth quarter, so tired that you're not even making an attempt on defense. But I did think overall his defense was was pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, so but the, who's another third? Who's a, let's get back to the star yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah. Who's another guy that that this team could could look at because you know their their window is wide open. You know they've got a top five player in the league who's twenty one years old. That window is is massive. So it's not like they need to go find another twenty year old or twenty two year old to line up. Like I think that they could go. Not necessarily into win now mode because that would be short sighted, and you know you don't you don't want to sell everything early and and run into guys that are still you know in their primes. But I do think that it does open them up to looking at guys who are maybe twenty six, twenty seven, who might be just entering their primes because it seems like Luca's prime is going to be for a long time. Yeah, as I as I think about this, I think I think I've kind of realized the reason I shy away from talking about Giannis and Bradley Beal is is it's so obvious that they would make the team better, and if you can acquire <laughs> right, them, right. that is just like it's it's it it's boring to talk about them. Like make, it's they a, would make every team better, right? It's it's the easy way out of my job. It's much more interesting to think about how the Mavericks could build a contender without you know a cheat code. Obviously, now you're the the title favorite. And I think they can. And I think that's really interesting. And I think it's an interesting dynamic of team building and how the third star might not be a quote unquote star to a lot of people. I think there are a lot of players who could be a third star who are not viewed as stars, if if you will. But sure, if you could swap Buddy Heald for Tim Hardaway Jr., the, the same Buddy Heald that Sacramento doesn't seem to value and seems to be convinced that Bogdanovich is better, which I don't know. Maybe they're slightly right. You know, Bogdanovich is a good player, but they playmaking. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. they 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 seem to not value Buddy Heald in the in when it when it seems more obvious that they should just value both of them. So if Buddy Heald is available, I think that he is a you know 10% better version of Hardaway and thus would make your team better. You know, I, th- I think that Hardaway is 90% of the player you want in his current role. And that if, you know, right now he is nominally the third best player on this team. And I think it's, again, he's like 90% of the player who could be a third best player on a championship team, if that makes sense. And I think mm-hmm. Heald might be the 10% better that, that you would want in that role. I also think Hardaway could do it with a, you know, with a, if if he's more sharing the third best player role, if they could get a Mike Conley or a right. maybe even a Goran Dragic, you know he's a free agent this year. Goran would be Goran would be a great addition there because it's that extra playmaking that they need. He doesn't it's help shooting that they need, but doesn't help him defensively. But on the on the offensive fit, it's pretty good. And by the way, Goran's not like a black hole defensively. I mean, you you don't get minutes for the Miami Heat and just not sure. be able to hold your own. So you know, but he's very in that in that same mold as Tim Hardaway, where it's yes, he's not going to get destroyed, but he's also 
He's not lifting anybody else up. Yeah. He's not going to make you necessarily better as a team defender. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do have to think that uh, that a lot of these players we mentioned would ideally be taking Delon Wright's minutes. Who right? And that for all the reasons that Wright's minutes should be taken because he just simply did not fit on this team the entire year and literally was a non-factor by the time the playoffs. You know, by the end, by the end of the series, he had got benched by Carlisle, and that's yeah. unfortunate because. He's not that bad of a player, and but I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I can, I've written some words about it. It's it's weird, but also you know he's just kind of almost anachronistic, anachronistic mm-hmm. to this team. Like like he just he feels he, he he's the type of player who needs to be on like the 2014 Spurs and would just be a great bench player for that team. But like the game has almost gone past him. Just you know that lack of shooting is is you know just 10 percent more ineffective. 10 percent you know, has 10% more of a chance of really driving you off the court if you're not able to put down open threes. Um, but well, I re- well, the reason I brought up right was that he does play defense. And if you're replacing his minutes with Dragic, your defense is going to get even worse. And now you're stuck with the problem. Where do we add a more defensive, you know, help somewhere else? So Right. And this is where you got to find that defensive wing. Uh, right. It would have to we'll be, be Dragic right plus, a, plus a wing or something like that. Uh, we'll be right back with our predictions for next season after a word from one of our sponsors. Okay, Tim. So I guess let's let's just do it now. I mean, you know, listen, this is fun. Uh, this I'm this is not any kind of serious prediction. I mean, we are going to take it seriously, but things can change, right? I mean, we haven't even really gotten into the second round of the playoffs see, yet. See, I disagree. But, I'm about to tell you what's going to happen next year. So if you don't, want okay. To, if you, All right. If you guys don't want spoilers. Um, I would turn this episode off now. Just understand I will, it's a I spoiler. I will cite this. Alert. I will cite this every episode next season. Okay. It, all right. So do you think this is a 50 win team next year? If by 50, you mean they're going to win 75 games. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, is this I think, a top four seed in the West? I think, I think this is a low fifties top four seed. Yes. Okay, so I don't think that they're a top four seed next year. Okay, I just think the West is so tough. That's true. Um, unless you have guys start to fall off a cliff, that's the thing. So we don't know what Steph Curry looks is going to look like. We don't know what Clay Thompson is going to look like. We don't know what Draymond's going to look like. We have you know our our best guesses. We don't even know what the Warriors team is going to look like as a whole. We don't know, you know, LeBron is 35. He's going to be 36 next season. Anthony Davis could opt out and change teams. But Phoenix is better. Minnesota might be better. Yeah. The the Kings are in the mix. Portland's going to be healthy. I think this is probably a five or six seed, maybe seven seed next year. I think it's all going to be pretty tight. I'll, and I don't think that they're going to hit 50 wins. I think they're going to be around 47, 48. I think they just reached. So they're on a what forty-eight win pace this year, forty-seven. Mm-hmm. I think I think they have a couple wins, win improvement in them because I do think they will mm-hmm. acquire another player who fits really well. I don't know who or what or where, but I do I do suspect that they will have one more one more. I, I bet they will have a different starting lineup next year, and I think I think that that's a big reason why I'm factoring this in, and. Yeah. So yeah, it's in, it's insanity to try to actually predict are they going to be top four because then I'm also predicting right, the rest right. of the Western Conference like like you laid out. So yeah, 
I will say that they hit 50 wins. It might be literally 50, but that's that's my that's that I'm willing to predict that. Um, it's also interesting as as you lay out that it's probably not going to be next year. Next year is going to be stacked and the Western conference is always stacked. I don't see it changing, but there are a lot of, there is going to be a transition of power within the next couple of years. And that's yeah. something I, I wrote about in, in my piece as well. And it's, it's worth considering that the Lakers, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Warriors, all teams that will be good next year, but probably not in three years, you know, they, they would have to, change their teams, change their cores to be to remain good for three more years. Um, with the maybe exception of the Warriors just because Steph and Clay might age. But you know, Draymond's a- aging poorly. Um the Thunder obviously have some players they can retool with, but they would need to do that successfully. Chris Ball isn't going to be leading them in three years. The Rockets um seem might be the least stable team in the Western Conference right now, thanks to their owner. So the the power the power dynamic the power balance you know there there is going to be a new top four consistent top four that uh that that you know is expected to be the favorites in the Western Conference and Dallas should look at that vacuum that that upcoming vacuum and think that they can come out atop it I mean I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't think that and and I think it's an interesting thing to to consider and now there are teams also rising up you know Utah and Denver young stars they'll be around for a while. Memphis and New Orleans are on the rise, but the Mavericks are here now, and and you know they have a 21 year old as as their best player. They they should be thinking that in two years they could be winning this conference every year, and and being a title contender of you know that's maybe the favorite. I think this is the 2023 NBA champions. Yeah, yeah, that's how it feels to me. I think they'll have a chance. All right, as early as 2022. Um, yeah, but yeah. All right, Tim. Uh, that's a wrap. Uh, it was a great, good season, really good season. I, I thought that they performed well in the playoffs, and uh, let's see what happens next. Let's see. Just gotta wait around a little bit longer. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll be back at some point. Take care. Oh my God. It's a wrap.